0: Mason can you believe we've been at this for a year
1: yes time flies when you're having fun
0: this has been a lot of fun we've had some great conversations and we've had some awesome guests so my question is have we combobulated photography yet Mm, not even 23 episodes in and we are just getting started. You and I have so much to talk about. Today I want to go back to where we started. Oh, you mean college?
1: No, not that far back. Good heavens. (laughs) I want to talk about why we're photographers. Well,
0: again, it's not for the money, that's for sure. (laughs) Nope, we do it because we love it. So today we're celebrating one year of Photocombobulate by checking focus. Yeah, we're going to drill down on the joy of photography. I'm Mason Marsh. And I'm Jeff Carlson. Let's do this. Okay, Mason, joy. Now, joy is like one of those really short but loaded words. And so loaded. You say joy of photography, and God, that can mean so many things. I mean, you know, talk about needing to combobulate something. Joy, like, oh, hey, do you like taking pictures? Yeah, it gives me great joy. Well, what about it? And it almost seems like too big of a topic. And yet in you know, discussions that you and I have had and discussions that we have with other photographers and on workshops, it really kind of circles this whole idea of why are you doing this? Like mm-hmm. what do you get out of photography? Because photography, unless you are a professional photographer shooting day in, day out for specific things, it's not necessarily a needed thing to do. It's not something that people even can get into easily. So like – Why? What's the point? This is a question that every photographer, professional,
1: novice, doesn't matter. Every photographer should ask this question all the time. Why? Why am I doing this? (laughs) What about this process of making (laughs) photographs is important to me, brings me joy. What's my drive, <laughs> right? What's, what's what's the motivation?
0: Well, I, th- there are definitely times when I've been out shooting and I ask myself, <laughs> why am I doing this? <laughs> why, am I, why,
1: right? We've all been there, right? I've been and up since are...
0: 5 o'clock in the morning and I'm <laughs> hot and I'm tired.
1: Why? When you stop asking this question, you're in dangerous territory because you're just doing it out of habit at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're here to kind of celebrate a year of this podcast by coming back to where we started. We started talking about why we got into photography, why we wanted to start this podcast. And it's a message that we've hit on in almost every episode, even if they weren't directly about photography. Yeah. There were things that sort of answer this question, like, why? Why are we out here doing this? I know why I love photography. I know why it brings me joy. I know that that answer changes almost every time I ask the question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's totally, it's totally discombobulated.
0: (laughs) It's such a loaded question. And of course, like that can apply to like, why do you go bowling? Why do you play tennis? Why do you, you know, do all sorts of things? Uh, (laughs) Neither of which I do, although I used to bowl, but that's a completely different story. Like why pick something like photography, which is complicated it is expensive, can be mm-hmm. expensive. It can be extremely frustrating. It takes up a lot of time. You have to go through a pretty significant learning curve. I mean, depending on all sorts of factors. Sure. It uh, involves transportation. It involves like, like there's so much to it. Why? And not
1: once has anyone ever yelled out anywhere near me. Is anyone here a photographer? Right, it's not like the world is screaming for more photographers. So, no. why why do we do it? Right.
0: Yeah, you're never on a plane when there's, there's yeah. suddenly a pho- photographic emergency that comes up. Yes, is anybody here, ladies a photographer? and gentlemen? Are any of you
1: photographers? Yes, yes, we it never happens. Need a shot. Oh my god. The reason I wanted to talk about this again, Jeff, is because I deal a lot with people who are learning photography Mm -hmm. and, you know, both of us write about photography and getting better at photography. And obviously we do this podcast too. So the subject comes up a lot. How do we get better? How do we, how do we do better at this photography craft and this, this art that we're taking on and all the time that I'm teaching photography, it's always forefront in my mind that I don't know what makes a great photograph, a great photograph. Mm -hmm. And so the product of the process that we're talking about is completely subjective. (laughs) Yes. And so when you're talking about why do we do photography, if it's, if the answer is because I want to be really good at it, then you have to ask, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. What's good? What's good photography? Because some of the most famous photographs ever are really technically awful, Mm -hmm. right? Or, you know, maybe compositionally, uh, they break all the guidelines, right? Yeah, they're blurry,
0: they're, yeah, whatever.
1: So to answer this question, why do we do it? What brings us joy in photography? I think we need to start with the answer and work backwards. And the answer needs to be because.
0: Wow, you've cracked it. (laughs)
1: we've we've solved it all (laughs) we're always always bringing clarity always bringing clarity is our goal right
0: I I can tell that you're a dad (laughs) why because the answer is because Because. (laughs) just listen to me and do what I tell you (laughs) because
1: I I, I don't know the right answer
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry please elaborate on because (laughs) because it's personal
1: Ah. I think photography as a process, unless you're, unless you're a professional and a client is saying, I want your photo to look like this, right? I want the photo that you take for me to look like this. In that case, you're building a product that two specifications that someone is giving you. Yeah. But if you're out with a camera on your own, doing it for yourself, then only you knows why and what you want. And only you can answer the question is whether or not it's good. Mm. And I, it drives me crazy when photographers and, you know, they don't even have to be photographers. It could be just anybody says, yeah. well, that's not a good photo. You yeah, know, yeah. And, and when I was a newspaper photographer, I used to get this every now and then an editor would say this to me. That's not the photo I had in mind. And I would say, when you sent me out, if you had a photo in mind, that was your chance to tell me what you wanted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah you didn't yeah, tell definitely.
1: me. So I got you what I thought was best. Mm-hmm. So in this process, it's highly personal. It's highly emotional, right? I think photography is an emotional experience. It's you know you're trying to be good at something. You're trying to, something that's technically difficult and artistically challenging. And conditions may not be the best. Conditions may be um, really hard, uncomfortable. We talk a lot about this in the podcast. You know how yeah, how you dress for outdoor photography and all sorts of things. So in all of these situations, we're looking for something. When we start making that photograph, we're looking for something and only we know what that something is.
0: Yes, yes. And (laughs) this is a topic that I, I swear threatens to go off in 15 different directions at once. So if I do that, reel me in. But one of the first things that I thought of when you said that was already you're bringing the expectation that the photograph is the result, that to be a photographer is to create a good photograph. And so how do you create that good photograph? And, you know, there's a whole line of techniques and experiences and gear and all that to make that good photograph. But then again, that might be a good photograph and somebody else will say, no, no, actually, it's really not like that might be Mm -hmm. the best photograph you have ever taken. And somebody might say, you know what? It's it's good. It's fine. Or they might say it's crap. They might say it's crap or something else that happens sometimes is you may think it's it's fine and somebody else might just really key into it for some reason. And you find yourself wondering, why did someone buy a print of this image where clearly this other one that I made is much better for five or ten different reasons or because I, I just liked it a lot better? I'm reminded of uh, – I don't even think I could I could find it to put in the show notes, but I remember hearing a, a podcast where they were talking to somebody who had been very successful at selling prints. He he built up like a small business. He would have the, the little tent and everything that he would take to different mm. shows and fairs and, and be able to knock it out of the park and come home selling almost everything there. Stop me right there. That sounds great. You are making art. You are doing something at a sufficiently technical and artistic level that other people appreciate it uh you're making prints you're selling photos making a living like all these things that we talk about are sort of inherent in being a photographer and yet at one point he kind of admitted he's like i don't really love the photos but i know what sells mm-hmm. and so the things that he that brought him joy were things that he knew wouldn't sell and so he would go to mm-hmm. places in oregon and and that other people have, have gone to, but he knows that people in Oregon will buy pictures from Oregon landmarks. And I, I'm right. just throwing Oregon in there just because you have that awesome I think that's an Oregon hat.: No, maybe that's a California hat. You're this wearing. is a California hat.: Okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> because you live in Oregon podcast, I'm just, you know, a, I, I, yeah. I I'm just kind of th- throwing that out. But like he knew that these are the things that people would buy. And so, of course, mm-hmm. he shot that because you know he has a family to feed and he has bills to pay and all of that. But you could tell he wasn't really enjoying it. And every once in a while, he would get out and do something that he really liked, knowing mm-hmm. that those photos would not go with the rest of them and be quote. Yeah, those unquote, were
1: commercially successful.
0: Photos exactly, they wouldn't be quote unquote successful. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. It just reminded me, I I think I remember the interview you're talking about, but when we were in Banff earlier this summer, my family and I went to the Canadian Rockies and we were in Banff and there's a gallery there by a nature photographer. I don't remember his name. Absolutely amazing wildlife photographer. And and to have a gallery on Main Street in Banff, you have to sell a lot of prints, right? So I'm sure he's doing fine. One big print in that gallery just jumped out at me. And it was clearly in a place of honor. So it was, it was a successful photo for him. And it was a picture of an abandoned car way out in the middle of somewhere in the woods. And there was a raccoon looking through the windshield. There was like a hole in the windshield. And this raccoon was sticking its head through the hole, looking right at the camera. Yeah. And it was a brilliant photo. It's not one I've ever seen anything like it. That photo was in that gallery in about two, 10 different formats, right? You could buy the giant one. You could buy the little prints. You could buy cards. You can do all these different things. Yeah. He probably had six hundred other photos in that gallery, but all of the other ones were normal wildlife mm-hmm. photography. They were beautiful, right? They're stunning. But that one, that one really connected with me because it was fun, it was whimsical, it was technically well done. Unusual. And it was unusual. Yeah. It was unusual. And The guy who was working in the gallery wasn't the photographer. It was this person working in there said, oh, yeah, that's one of his most famous photos. He had found that car and that raccoon was living in that car. And he would come by that car on hikes and he would stop and he would see if the raccoon was doing anything that was photogenic. And one day the raccoon popped his head out of that hole. So the story tells me that this photographer knew that if he could get the right conditions and get the right subject matter, that that would be a winning photograph. Mm -hmm but it was work to get it. It wasn't like he just was walking by there one day and the raccoon popped its head out and was like, Hey, take my photo. And this guy was like serendipity. (laughs) And he, and he snapped this uh, very lucrative shot for him. He had to return to that spot over and over and work that, that scene until he got what he was hoping for. And That to me, maybe, maybe he felt great joy there because that was big effort and challenge to make that photo. And, the fact that people love it must bring him joy as well, as well as money, mm-hmm, which bring, mm-hmm. can bring joy too. <laughs> yeah. So there is a, a certain amount of factors and in, come into play. I think for photographers, number one, was it hard, right? Cause if it's easy, go back to our, one of our earliest episodes, we talked about flow state. You can't achieve flow state unless there's a significant amount of challenge involved. So I think for a, Photography to be joyful experience, it needs to be difficult, which means you have to be trying things that are hard for you to do. Mm -hmm. The second thing is it has to be something that you can't just go out and do any day. There has to be a certain amount of luck involved. And I think for me, weather is a big part of that. As an outdoor photographer, it's like am I gonna get lucky with the sunset tonight? Am I gonna get lucky with the sunrise? I think another aspect of this needs to be the fact that the photograph that you eventually create brings joy and happiness to other people. And I say this a lot to my students and to people who listen to this podcast. And I'm sure I've said it before. If no one else likes your photo, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if someone likes your photo, that does bring you joy. There is an endorphin hit that happens there. I mean, it's, it's undeniable. So when you post that on social media and people like it, it's affirmation that what you were taking your time to do was worth your time. Yeah. So, so those are some of the things, right? That that we can use as a rubric for determining what what should be bringing us joy, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, that 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 almost crosses into the idea that oh, well, you got to suffer for your art, right? Well, your photos aren't aren't really good because you you didn't put it in enough time. You didn't go you didn't trek far enough off the road to get this shot. You know, like there's some of that. But I say that knowing at the same time that most of the time nobody knows how far you trekked unless that's no. part of the story of the photo. You know, if, right. if it's you know really clear that – You went on a 50-mile hike through the woods and you found something that nobody gets to. That may be unique, but it also may be that's something that you write about when you post it or in the little placard that goes next to it if it's shown in a gallery, like that storiness of it. Because we know that there are all sorts of other times when you can get a fantastic shot sitting in the front seat of your car. Just make sure you roll down the window, right? Just roll down the window and take that shot. <laughs> because yes, because I, like, every once in a while there is that serendipity and mm-hmm. you have to – again, I, I feel like I'm going in too many directions here. But you also have to like figure out, OK, I got this serendipitous shot. Now is that because because I'm really good? Is that because I'm really lucky, or you know, do people love this and therefore that's bringing me joy that people love this? But nobody knows that it was so easy to get, and therefore the next time that I I expect something to be so easy and then it's not. Oh man, like what happened to me? You know. Right. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I'm just think, like surfacing all of my insecurities about being a photographer here. Well, you know, like I said, it's an
1: emotional thing. This is a highly yeah. personal emotional thing. And as a photographer, I'm always sort of – I'm always questioning myself, right? I'm my worst critic. Oh, and yeah. when I can satisfy myself – No, 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 no. I'm, myself, I, I'm your worst
0: critic. Don't worry. You're like,
1: yeah, That's
0: right. You're my worst critic.
1: Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's fine. If you can satisfy yourself, then you've accomplished something, right? If you're your worst critic. And that's why I think it's really dangerous that you put all of your your joy – if all of your joy of photography is dependent on whether or not somebody else likes your photos, then you're working for them, right? Mm-hmm. And that is where you're going to be like, well, geez, you know, everybody loves pictures of kittens. And so I I can't, I'm allergic to cats. I can't stand cats, but by God, I'm going to take a lot of cat photos. That that's not going to bring you joy on any level, except for the fact that people love it. Mm-hmm. Right. What I'm going to argue is that if you can find joy because you've met lots of different things, that you were looking for when you picked up that camera. Like I'll go back through the list I've started creating so far. People like it. (laughs) Uh It was hard to get you. uh, You have a sense of achievement. Yeah. It was an achievement. You accomplished a technical achievement. There was some luck involved that worked, worked out for you. You know, that, that serendipity thing. I'll add one more to that. And that is the gear part, right? I am not afraid. I'm not ashamed to say this buying camera gear, putting it in a bag, putting it over my shoulder, just that part brings me joy. Uh I like camera gear. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like camera gear enough that even if I didn't use it, obtaining it and having it and looking at it and cleaning it and putting it in a bag would bring me a certain measure of joy. Now, I get to add that to all these other things when I go out and use the camera gear, right? Yeah. But there's a component there too. And so one of the things that we talk about a lot on this podcast is gear. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what will come up in the discussion is, but it's not about gear. And it's like, yeah, sometimes it is. Yeah. That's a part of it. It's, a, it's an undeniable part of it for a lot of photographers is we love the, the gadgetry, the technical side of it. So there's another little token we can put on the pile mm-hmm. of coins that we're creating
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- I mean, th- that also leads to the idea of, of satisfaction, because, mm-hmm. again, <laughs> I feel like we're, we're going through all of our greatest hits. But we've talked about satisfaction before and sort of the biggest satisfaction is you get a good photo and you know it's a good photo. Maybe that's, that's just me. That, that gives me a great amount of satisfaction. But So say that, say that again. OK. So you capture a good photo and you know it's a good photo. So the instant you took it, the instant you, know you took it, it you, you, know, t- you know you nailed it. There's there's something special about it, and it gets followed up when you're reviewing it later, and you realize, oh yeah, that did turn out as as good as I liked. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think some of my favorite shots of the last few years were ones where, at the moment I took it, I said this one's going to be something special, and it turned out that they were. Now there are also many times when I said, oh, you know what. I nailed this. This is the one. And then I go back and I look at it and I'm like, "Mm, you know, actually, (laughs) it really isn't. So, you know, there's there's always two sides to that. But absolutely having the satisfaction of, you know what? I just got a brand new camera and I get to learn everything about it. And it's different enough from my old camera or it has new features that I've never tried before. That in itself, you're right, has its own satisfaction. And and for some people, Mm -hmm. they don't want to have to deal with that. And, you know, for them, they grab their iPhone and the iPhone takes a really good shot and they don't have to know all that stuff. And that's also satisfaction.
1: Yeah. If you get no joy from buying gear and carrying gear around, don't buy more gear. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to be part of your, the fun of, of making photographs for you. One of the things that I mentioned when we were first talking about the idea of this episode is I brought up the the topic of golf. A lot of people take up golf – um, you know, hit that little white ball with those clubs, right? A lot of people take up golf for the same reasons that people take up photography. It gets you outside, mm-hmm. trying something that's challenging. You're not instantly good at golf. The second you pick up a club, nobody's, nobody's <laughs> great at golf right away. No. So it takes practice. It takes, uh, there's certain rules, right? You got to hit the ball into the cup. <laughs> you don't <laughs> just smack it off into the woods, right? So it is similar to photography. And when I started playing golf, I was, I was a newspaper photographer the first time I played golf and I went out with some friends and I didn't, I couldn't afford a full set of clubs. So I went to the thrift store and bought like two clubs, a putter and I think a three iron or something. like uh-huh. that. <laughs> and I showed up at the golf course and I had these two, you know, like $10 clubs and the one I wasn't using, I would just throw it on the ground. And this guy that I was golfing with was like, man, you got to treat your clubs better now. Clubs, clubs are expensive and all that. And I'm like, I don't care about these clubs. And so for me at that point, it wasn't about the gear at all. I was just having fun learning golf. Yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, if I'd continued to play golf, which I didn't, but if I'd continued (laughs) to play golf on the regular, eventually I'd be like, well, I want to assemble a a set of clubs and have a nice bag to keep them in. And I want to polish them and I want them to look nice and I want them to stay straight. So when I hit a ball, it doesn't, you know, the club doesn't fall apart. That part of that process might be really fun for me learning about clubs and learning about all of that. And so I think it depends on what stage you're in, in photography and learning photography, what brings you joy in that process. Now to go back, what you were just saying we're circling all around this. Oh, there's, there's <laughs> this is going to be so
0: many loops and circles. Yeah, yeah. We're are, are you following us, folks? <laughs> um, I'm thinking right now. I, I'm, I'm like I, I've i already put a pin in something that you said. So go ahead with yours, and okay. then I'll go back to that. So what I'm
1: going to circle around to is the more you practice something and the better you get at it, the harder it is for you to be satisfied for what you're with what you're doing. So. To go back to the golf analogy, Mm -hmm. if I go out and play a round of golf and I hit the same score that I hit the first time I played golf, I'm probably not going to be happy Mm -hmm. because now I've invested all this money in gear. I've invested all this time in learning this. I've invested all this time practicing and then maybe there's people watching and they're like, this guy golfs every week and this is how bad he is, right? So there's all (laughs) of this stuff, right? My expectations for my craft are going to go up the more I do it. And I think that's one of the things about photography that brings me so much joy is I always have more to learn Mm -hmm. and I always have something I can improve, but I've come a long way. So I can look back and say it, look at my early photos and say, wow, I've really progressed. And that brings me a great deal of satisfaction. I really, for me, and we mentioned intrinsic motivation, we talked about flow state, right? Intrinsic motivation is what keeps you doing something, even if no one's telling you to keep doing it, right? Mm-hmm. What keeps me doing something like photography, which is challenging and, and expensive and all of that, is that I really want to be good at it. I want to, There's so many things I do in my world that I'm not good at. This is one thing where it's like every time I go out and do it, I want to say, yeah, I'm better than most people at this.
0: Yeah. And that brings me a certain amount of satisfaction. Let's put you and I together because you've been a photographer a lot longer than I have. And I would say objectively you are a better photographer than I am. And so when I – I'm not going <laughs> to. You're like, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. I'm going to put a pin in that and come back around. Yeah, OK. So okay, OK. OK. Okay. But – and so – so what that makes me think is that whole idea of, of how much you've accomplished, how satisfied you are. Because in one sense, when I'm out shooting with you, when we were in the Sierra Nevadas, we were shooting some night shots and your photos were just coming out much better than mine. And there were a lot of reasons for that. One was mm-hmm. because of your experience. Two was because of your your gear. You had a better camera that was a full frame versus my crop sensor that got more light, et cetera, et cetera. So, I saw that, and my thought was, okay, well, I want to get up to that level. I want to be as good as Mason is at at, at this part. But for you. You've already reached that part. And so you're looking up ahead and saying, oh, you know what? I want to be as good as Bob or you know, somebody that you know. And there's that that sense of always getting better. Like there's always somebody better than you. And and that's something that, that you have to embrace and you have to accept and you have to look for because – me as a photographer, going out and doing photography with you has made me a better photographer. And I'm sure that you could say that with you know a number of other people that you've shot with or you know the experience you had as a photojournalist. That sense of joy, it doesn't mean that, OK, I have found my joy and I have reached my pinnacle. That's just not the case and that's OK.
1: So, Jeff, what you just said, I want to go back to our golf analogy. Mm-hmm. If you golf by yourself, which I don't know too many people to do that, but if you go out and golf by yourself and you're not golfing with other people and you're not competing, right? You're not doing golf tournaments or anything like that. Right. You would never know, other than your score and other than your own feedback, you wouldn't know how you're doing as a golfer. And I think that when we go out as a, as groups in photography and we we take photographs together, I think it's a very valuable exercise. Because you get to see how other people approach a scene. And one of the things I love about doing workshops, um, and someday I want to get back to that is you could be out with the most novice photographer in the world and they see something completely different than you and they take a different approach at it. And it's an innovative approach. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that's that I'm going to, I'm going to steal that. Right. So much of what we do is, is theft because we're looking at what other people are doing. We're like, I'm going to try that. I'm just going to put my own little tweak on that. So I, I think there's some value in, taking photographs of the people and kind of looking over their shoulder and looking at their photos later and being like, wow, they really saw something that I didn't see, or they tried a technique that I hadn't considered. But really what I, what, when I said I wanted to put a pin in what you were saying, the reason I wanted to say that is I may be more experienced photographer, but that doesn't mean I'm a better photographer because the photograph is so subjective Mm -hmm. I just have to keep coming back to this. I think it was Karen Hutton, another great photographer that that I've met who said this once. People don't buy art, they buy the artist. And I think that that applies a lot to photography. Most of the photography that I consume, you know, day to day on my iPad or on my computer when I'm looking through social media or wherever. um, Most of the photography I consume is from people that I know or met or somehow got exposed to yeah and I made a connection with that that photographer at some point Maybe they commented on a photo I made and I'm like I'll follow you back and we're, we'll mutually appreciate each other right yeah I, there's an investment in that photographer so there's an investment in their photos and so you're more inclined to be like I like that photo because I like that photographer mm-hmm. so for me if someone says you're a better photographer than me I'm like who says? Yeah. You think I'm better, but there's no scale that fits. And I've heard people say this. Did you come back from that trip with any good photos? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know, or people say this when you're out taking photos, are you getting any good photos? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every time. Mm-hmm. Are they good enough for you? I don't know. I don't really care. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Unless that part of my joy is so much weighted towards what other people think. You know, if that's my, if that's the thing I'm going for, then it's important. Otherwise there's other, all these other things in play. And so I don't really like this idea of a uh, better photographer. I've i got more years making photos, mm-hmm. but that also means I might be, I might have more bad habits and there's been times where you and I have been out photographing and you'll do something and I'll be like, I didn't even think of that because I'm in a rut. Yeah. I do yeah. the same thing every time that I see that I go, there, 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 I'm going to do that. <laughs> and, you know, I I do this on workshops a lot. You know, look over the shoulder of a student and they're like, wow, I just want to figure out how to do this. And I'm like, I don't I think you did. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't know what how you got there, but it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, I don't really like it. And like, well, then do what you think is is going to make you better. But when we're talking about the joy of photography, this is a personally emotional thing mm-hmm. and it cannot be, uh, put on a scale because what makes a great photo is different for everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I just, I, it drives me crazy when people say, are you getting any good photos? I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> I think so. I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah. Am I out here to make a ton of money? No, no, I'm
0: not. So empirically, empirically, I have a good camera, therefore I am getting a lot of good photos. But that's my my iPhone takes great photos. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. Well, and you know, it's not like fishing. It's not like somebody can say, "Hey, are you getting a lot of fish?" And you say, "Yes, I have twelve fish." You know, (laughs)
1: it's not like golf, and it's not like like I got to the hole in four shots. Exactly. So I'm better than the person who got there in 14 shots, right?
0: Exactly. It's exactly. not the same. I'm still Dang. using the same golf ball that I started with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs>
1: that's, a, that's a good, one. I also,
0: I also golfed when I was, when I was much younger and, uh, it was an exercise. No, I take that back. I really enjoyed it. And at some point I did not like it, right. it became an exercise in frustration. And then, and then that was it. Um, well, and I think, I think photography is that way for some folks, right? Oh my gosh. Right. Right. Well, okay. So, so now to, to go back to the pin that I was going to say, because this, this also deals with, with satisfaction and, and Mm -hmm. your self-satisfaction. And one of the things about photography is there's lots of rules and structure to it. Right. And, and for some people that's great. And for some people they're like, yeah, you know what? I am just going to take. Uh, like a little tiny body and a 50-millimeter lens and, and go shoot all my landscape photos with that. And landscape photographer, photographers would be like, no, you got to have something much wider and you also have to have a telephoto and you have to have all these options. And you know what? For some people, they just nail that and that's 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 super great. The thing that you mentioned was the golfer – who was like, you gotta take care of your gear better than that. You gotta have, you know, a good a good case for it. And that so reminded me of so many people who are there not really to make photos. They are there because the negative spin on this would be they are there to tell other people how to do things, right? Mm-hmm um, or these be mansplainers? Uh, <laughs> some of that often um, <laughs> photosplainers. Oh no, wait, they're all men. <laughs> but so that's kind of the negative spin. The, the the positive spin is you know somebody who is really concerned about the gear and and for them it's transporting it and taking care of your gear. And making sure you're using it correctly because here is this, this device that has been made for you that is complicated. And how can you abuse it by taking a bad shot with it? Like, like, mm-hmm. like that kind of, 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 of mindset. So I guess maybe that is also the negative spin on it. But what I'm getting at is you also have to navigate your own personal joy, but also like not letting other people detract from that. Because yeah. again, yeah. with photography, which is also sort of like golf, you absolutely can do it solo and many 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 times you know it's it's you or I out alone in the morning or you're you're taking a walk or you know like it can be a very solo activity, yeah, but it can also be a very community based activity whether mm-hmm. that's you're out shooting with a bunch of people which i had no idea the joy of shooting with a group of people until i actually started to do it going on photo walks like that always just kind of made me feel kind of weird because oh my god like here i am i am in competition with all these people and right. you know the reality is you're not you're or not. You know, you don't have to be some people that competition, that's, that's what they really live for, but leave him a block behind. Right. Um,
1: right. Well, <laughs> let's, let's drill down on this because I think a lot of people's satisfaction, a lot of people's joy comes from the feedback they get from other photographers. Yes. And so I, I do want to, I do want to spend a little time on this because there's good and bad, there's good and bad on this Yeah. and I'm trying to stay positive, but let's, let's Take the photo walk as a, as a great scenario. Okay. Um, if you've never done a photo walk, you should do a photo walk. And this, the, I think the Scott Kelby photo walk is actually coming up very soon. I, I ah. you know, Google that, but <laughs> photo walks happen on a regular basis in most places. And there are camera clubs that do them. There are camera stores that host them. Sometimes they're a, a date driven thing like the Scott Kelby global yeah. photo walk.
0: But, and, and, and for, for anybody who doesn't know, Explain what a photo photo walk is just.
1: So a photo walk is, is an organized event where you have a starting point and a stopping point. Usually it's uh, in a town or a a city and you're going to be walking along, uh, someplace where lots of great photo opportunities exist, right? You're not going to photo walk in a suburb probably, but you're going to, you know, here in Portland, all the photo walks seem to happen right along the river in downtown. Mm, So, They almost always start in a place where it's easy to find parking and they end at a bar (laughs) because a big part of photo walking is this social tribal. I'm going to say tribal because I think that's the best word to describe it. There's something about taking photographs of other people and then talking about photography with other people that's affirming. And it doesn't matter what you love to do, whether it's um, golf or photography or whatever, hanging out with other people who do that and, having that shared experience is something that is very powerful for us as humans. We're social animals. And so that makes total sense. So with the photo walk, the photography is such a small portion of it. (laughs) You know, you're walking along with other people. A lot of times I'll see people on photo walks. I don't ever see them take a photo, right? It's just for them. It's about hanging out with other photographers. For some people it's about, Hey, I'm here to take photos. Don't talk to me. (laughs) Right. So you get the full spectrum. Um, I really enjoy them because, uh, you get to see what people stop what catches their eye they'll stop and they'll make photos and you are like wow i've never stopped there and do that but that is a great idea i want to put that in my pocket um the last photo walk i did there was a person that had a glass uh sphere oh yeah a crystal sphere and they kept taking photos through this and at first i was like oh that's kind of cool and then after a while i'm like all your photos are this you know this is your thing <laughs> yeah um Good for you, right? <laughs> and I was totally judgy there. But th- that brings me to this point. Whenever you're around other photographers, you're going to get the bump of being in a tribe with like-minded people. But you're also going to get the feedback of people who don't feel good about themselves unless they can make other people feel bad about themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: those folks really, they exist in all areas of influence, right? Um, golf I'm sure is horrible for this, uh, but I've encountered this so many times. Camera clubs are really rich environments for these types of people where you get to say to other people, your photography sucks because you don't do it like me. Mm-hmm. And my photography is great because I do it like this photographer that I bought a book of years ago or whatever. You yeah. know? if you don't shoot like Ansel Adams, you're, you're crap. And I think that's really dangerous. You've got to learn in photography. You've got to learn to listen to your inner voice as much as you listen to those outer voices. And if they're counter to each other, if they're not reinforcing what the others are saying, then you need to choose one that's going to be uh, the one that you listen to. And if that voice is negative and it's telling you that you're not doing something right, you got to ask yourself, is there value to this? Is there something I can learn? And if it's just this person stroking their ego, then walk away. That's yeah. one of the great things about a photo walk is there's usually a whole line of people
0: <laughs> and you don't have to stay with the same people. <laughs> the photo walk away. Yes. Yes. Walk away. Walk away.
1: I do find, again, I'm, I'm relying a lot on experiences dealing with people. Uh, people that I've had in workshops and classes mm-hmm, telling mm-hmm. me stories about, and I'm in a camera club and I enter the monthly photo competition. And this is what I was told. And usually it's something along the lines of you violated these rules of photography. Therefore your photos suck. Mm-hmm. And I always have to say to that, wow, where did that person get off saying that? Because there's absolutely no set rules in photography. Yeah. Other than, You have to capture some light with some device. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the only real rule of photography is you have to capture some light somewhere. Yeah.
0: I find myself, Quite often, I don't know, on Facebook, I'm a member of half a dozen photo groups and mm-hmm. I don't really post very much there. But every once in a while, I'll you know, come across a picture and my first reaction is, oh, my God, they've created an HDR image and it is so mm-hmm. egregious. The shadows don't make any sense. Everything looks sort of puffy. And they're th- they're putting this out there as, wow, look at this thing that I've made. Mm-hmm. and I'll be honest. Like my first thought is, oh, dude, you have overcooked that. But does it help me to say that? No. Does it make you better? Does it make me better? Not at all. Would it make me feel better? No. And mm-hmm. so it's a great lesson in like here's somebody who either A, is is just learning, right? I mean <laughs> I – I can't say, Oh, I've never overcooked an HDR image. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you know, I cooked like, a bunch last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, here's a person that's just learning or this could be a person who really loves the look of that effect. They're not trying to make it an accurate depiction or even a dramatic depiction of the light at the time. They're not trying to emulate, uh, you know, what people think is currently in, in, in terms of photography. They took that image and they edited it and they spent some time with it and they thought this looks good. Yeah. And you know what? Great. And, Good for them. And, and yeah. maybe, maybe they will see other examples and then decide that, oh, you know what? I don't have to completely go crazy with this. But even then, I am expecting them to you know, fall in line with what my expectation is. And that's not cool. And so yeah. I I'm not going to say anything about it unless maybe you're in an environment that is a, a specific photo critique. Right. Right. You're going to somebody and you are expecting that sort of critique. But that's that's like a whole entirely other thing. Right. That is a that is a
1: special case that is um, and some people are always posting images with that expectation that they that they're going to get critiqued. Yeah. And it needs to be made clear that that I'm looking for and there's photo groups for that on Facebook. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the name of the one that I'm in, but it's I'm going to post a photo with the understanding that your job as a viewer of that photo is to make comments on it. Yeah. I do a lot of critiques in my classes. It's an important part of, I think, photography education is, is having people present an image that they have questions about, and then you tell them what's working and what's not working. The first question I always ask when I'm looking at a photo that I'm going to critique is, what was your intention in making this photo? What were you going for is usually how I say that. What were you going for when you you got up that morning, you walked outside, you were staying at this beautiful bed and breakfast on this bay and the sun was coming up and it was hitting the water. What were you trying to do with your camera uh, in that moment? And they'll say, oh, I was see that wa- the way the sun was hitting the water. I really like that. And then there was a bird and it was like a silhouette of the bird. and I wanted to capture that and like, oh, I didn't see the bird until you mentioned it. Now I see the bird that's cool. Mm -hmm. But as a, as the viewer of the photo, that was not an obvious element. So if that was your intention was to draw, you know, to, to draw that bird into, into focus and, and present it as, as a, you know, an image, you missed it. You missed that part. Mm -hmm. And so I think a great way to critique is to start from a position of meet them where they're at, see what they were going for, and then see, tell them whether or not they made it. (laughs) And you do it in the most creative and and compassionate and constructive way possible. And there's an art to critiquing. And I think a lot of photographers, they don't know how to critique because they've never been properly critiqued themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I've posted photographs and had people make comments on the photo and I'm like, I wasn't looking for feedback. (laughs) You know, I didn't, I don't really care what you think of this. Yeah. And then there's times where uh, someone will give feedback and it's harsh and I'm like, God, you know, kind of right. And so just like that person on the photo walk, if there's some value in what they're saying, even if it's said in a mean and, and crappy way, if there's some value in it, take that take that nugget and apply it to future photographs and then throw the rest away. Don't don't dwell on the negativity. Don't let that voice be the one that's in your head when you're making that next photograph.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, right. So important. Right. Well, and you know, th- this goes back to the idea of photography is an optional thing. And so if you're going to do it with all that baggage, then then why are you doing it? I mean, you know, well, let's let's sort of circle all the way back and answer our question. You said that you know what gives you joy mm-hmm. in photography. What gives you joy? What gives me joy in photography? Yeah. 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 Like like what about this? If you could sort of condense it down, what what makes you Joyous or satisfied? Honestly,
1: Jeff, just being better than you. (laughs) I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) I did not expect that. Excellent. Oh my god. (laughs) No. Now I'm going to give. Now I'm going to give
1: you the real answer. Now I'm going to give you the real
0: answer. The answer is timing.
1: (laughs) I think the answer is for me. The process of photography is more valuable than the photographs. And I'm just, we've said this time and time again in this podcast. So for me, what brings me joy is trying something very difficult and pulling it off. Mm-hmm. And there's that combination of skill, luck, planning, preparedness, gear, all mm-hmm. of these things have to line up. And, you know, if I can get into a flow state, that's nice. You know, that's really, really fun. But coming back with an image that was difficult to get and doing it well in the way that I had envisioned, it brings me great joy, mm-hmm. it brings me great joy. And I think whether or not other people like it brings me a little bit of extra joy, but I consider that almost like the cherry on top of the Sunday, right? It's, yeah. it's not what I'm going for, but it sure is nice when it happens, right? Yeah. And to be honest, there'll be times where I'll post that photo that I'm really proud of on Instagram and it gets a few likes. And then I post a photo that I took with my iPhone of my camera, making the photo that I'm really proud of. And that gets five times more likes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I go, wow, you know, (laughs) I can't hang my hat on. um, I can't hang my
0: hat on that. So it's,
1: it's gotta be intrinsic. It's gotta be
0: joy Mm -hmm. from the inside. For me, since I know you were just about to ask, what is, what, what brings me joy? (laughs) This, this podcast is basically just a long series of leading questions. That's all we do. <laughs> That's all it is. Uh, for me, it is it is getting to that point where I make an image. I mentioned this a little bit before. Getting to that point where I make an image and I know there's something good about that image. When I think back about some of the the favorite images that I've taken of the last few years – um, the, there's one that I took, uh, gosh, maybe like maybe four cool. years ago now. But um, it was at sunset. It was at a beach. I found this great little angle um, of rocks and and water flowing. I'll, I'll send you the image. We'll put it in the show notes. And it's not anything that is spectacular. It's not super grand. Mm-hmm. But – uh, a, I, I like the way it turned out. B, it did take me quite a bit of work. I, I, I worked that that scene for quite a while because the sun was going down right in the right spot. And so like it, it definitely right. took work. But I knew that the work was paying off and that what I was getting was good. And that even though I didn't know like which particular frame was good, there was something in there. And also – the experience i was i was camping with family i snuck away to go get this shot because it looked like the sunset was going to be good when it was done i went back and you know there was a campfire we had s'mores it was just like you know like <laughs> like, like yeah. all of that built into it when i look at this mm-hmm. photo that all comes to me and i had the same experience as you i posted it and you know like inside i'm like This is it, man. Like, like, this is so good. And yeah, a few people liked it. Um, Yeah. You know, a couple people were like, uh, you know, hey, where is that? Because I don't recognize that. And, you know, at at that section, I'm like, well, it was like this itty bitty tiny little corner of this beach that nobody goes to. But you know what? That like, it still gives me joy. I, I look at that picture. I even made a print of it. It gives me joy knowing just all those things about it and moving forward that I can do that again. Now it might take me a long time to do it. It might take a lot of work for me to actually get out and go make a shot like that. But I know that the possibility is there. And so it's going to happen again. I don't know when, and I'm (laughs) excited to go try, right? Like, like, you know, you put yourself in the situations to make good photos. And you might make good photos. You might not make good photos. And even sometimes when you don't make good photos, you have a good experience. Absolutely. And it's yeah, all we've talked wrapped about that up before. in there, right?
1: It's the core of why we do this podcast is about the process. Yeah. It's about finding joy and finding satisfaction in the process of making photos. It's not about the photos. Yeah. And if the photos turn out great and other people love it, like I said, it's, it's a bonus, but I go back to golf. <laughs> you have a really great game of golf and it's something that you really worked for years and years and years to get good at. And you go out and you have a really great game of golf. That's incredibly satisfying. If no one sees it or you don't win a tournament and you don't make a dime doing it, it still was a great game of golf. Yeah. And you know, I think that's, that's what we're talking about. So. I want to finish by asking this question, Jeff. Okay. What if there's no joy in photography for you? Mm. Yeah. What do you do with that? Uh, you take up golf.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say that as someone, oh, I say that as, as someone who, uh, like I said, I, I did golf in the past and I can't imagine really taking up golf again because I think it would frustrate me too much. Um, right. Well, obviously one answer is put it behind you. Do something else you know maybe mm-hmm. maybe if you are a visual person painting is is the option maybe maybe you love photography but you don't necessarily love taking pictures very very yeah. different disciplines uh, you know i mean photography is rich in history and culture and science and achievement and like there's so much to do with photography and making those photos that's a completely other thing. You had a really good analogy for that, and I've forgotten what it was.
1: It's it's music. Music, I like yes. To, I, I think better than the golf analogy. Music is closer to, and we've used this before, but music is closer to photography. I am not musically talented at all. I mean, I can't sing. I can't play guitar. We have a piano. I can plink around on it, but it's not music. <laughs> But I love music. I love lots of different kinds of music. I listen to music every day Uh and I can't make it myself, but that doesn't mean I don't know what good music is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that if I were a musician and there's a part of me that's like, someday I'm going to learn how to be a musician because I think I would enjoy it. But if I were a musician and there was no joy in making music, I would just start listening to music and just enjoy the music. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be like, I don't need to make it. I can just listen to it. And I think that there's a great truth in this, that if, if there's no joy in photography for you, because maybe you're not finding the social success that you were hoping for with your photos, um, people aren't liking them as much as you'd like them to like them. (laughs) You can still love photography. You can still appreciate photography. You can still love the gear. Let's say it's all about the gear for you. Maybe you want to be a camera collector or, um, -hmm. someone who, uh, reviews camera gear and, and, and writes about camera gear. You don't have to be a good photographer to love the technology. You don't have to be a good photographer to love the process of making prints. I know a guy here in my neighborhood that owns a, uh, a print shop. And I went and talked to him a few weeks ago and I could tell the guy really, really loves to make canvas wraps and to make prints and make big prints. And he's also a photographer and he enjoys that, but his true love is making prints mm-hmm. I don't have a big love of making prints. So I'm like, I'm sure glad you're here because you can help me yeah. with the thing that I love. And then I can help you with the thing that you love. And so there's enough room, you know, there's enough room in this world for people who love photography. You don't have to be a photographer. God knows no one's out there screaming, is anyone here a photographer? Right. <laughs> so I think that I think a lot of the people who are out there on photo walks and in camera clubs, bringing other people down. Those are people who aren't necessarily in love with photography Yeah, with the process of making photos. Maybe they're just in love with looking at photos and being a critic of photos. And that's, that's fine. There's mm-hmm. a place for that. What a combobulated, a discombobulated uh, topic that I think we may be brought. Yeah. A tiny degree of combobulation. Yeah. To.
0: yeah. I, I mean, it's one of those squishy things. It will never be fully combobulated, but when you take little pieces apart and you look at them individually and then you bring them back into a whole, A, that's that's kind of what we do. That's our that, that's mm-hmm. our mission for this podcast. But dare I say it, there's some joy in doing that too. In maybe you want to be someone who looks at all these pieces and you find the joy in finding this technique uh, works much better for this other thing. Mm-hmm. There is so much joy out there, and I say that as someone who, you know, every once in a while, like I just get really down on photography. I will go, and the conditions will be bad, and I ask myself, "What am I doing here?" I'm a what person, was I thinking? <laughs> you know. When I was in Italy, I, I sent you this text uh, because I had a, a, a bad morning. I wrote about this on my my, my website at jeffcarlson.com. We'll put a link in. Mm-hmm. I just had a bad experience shooting and I was saying to myself, here I am, someone who has had moderate success as a photographer. I write about photography. I've written books about it. I communicate. I teach like all of these things. And yet my <laughs> brain and my hands and my body just could not make anything work that day. And I just had that moment of what am I doing here? And the reality mm-hmm. is, yeah, that that's going to happen And there's so much more joy around it. And I also knew that, yeah, this was a bad time, but I was going to do something better later on. And that brought me joy. And so like it's out there. If you're feeling bad about photography or you don't know what to do in photography – you know, maybe you've, you've tried your hand at landscapes, you've tried your hand at portraits, maybe some product photography and nothing really clicks. Go photograph horses or something like, like there's right. so many different things. Be super creative, abstract, whatever. There's room for that. And there's room for joy anywhere in there. Yeah. I think our message is find that joy, find right? that joy, find
1: that joy. And if you can't find it, maybe it's, this isn't it, Yeah, but there, there should be joy in it. There should be joy in your photography. And I think that whatever led you to pick up that camera in the first place, uh, go back to that and start there again. Sometimes we get off the trail, right? Yeah. We get off the trail and we're, we're off in the trees somewhere and we realize, well, I don't know where we are anymore. You need to work your way back, uh, retrace your steps, get back to where you know where you are and and go from there. Yeah. And I think that I love that story about you in Italy because there's this perception that a lot of people have that, wow, experienced photographers that know what they're doing. Every time they go out, it's, it's my ties and, and and roses. Right. (laughs) And it's just, it's just not, I mean, more often than not, you're just going through the motions and you're hoping it works out. And it just, there's just, sometimes there's joy. Sometimes there's not. Uh, and if you, if you base your entire perception of this effort, we call photography on your last excursion. That's a, continuous way to approach this. This is a long, long process and it's fraught with mistakes and and mishaps, but there's so much stuff. And I want to go back. um, We mentioned this before we started recording, but Joe McNally, when we had him on the show, one of my favorite episodes, by the way, if you haven't heard the episode with Joe McNally, go back and check it out. So good. He said that, you know, sometimes when you, when you get it, it's the wind in your sails and it will carry you through a lot of days where you don't have the wind in your sails. So Uh, That's a horrible paraphrase, but (laughs) he said it much more eloquently, but I think that it's, it's worth noting that photography is not easy. And, you know, when you, when you grab, when you have success, hang on to it and enjoy that joy Mm -hmm. and and hold on to that.
0: Yep. And the, the last thing I would point out is also if you are running into situations where you're just frustrated and whatever, and this is going to sound so cheesy, I know, but Give yourself a break. Bring the cheese. Bring the cheese. Uh, Bring the cheese. Give yourself a break because you know what? Mm -hmm. You may be doing much better than you think you are. Mm -hmm. I know a photographer and every time he posts something, it's always cloaked in the, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. But – and my reaction is, look, like you're doing the work. You're trying. You're still engaged with this. You're learning. That is so much a part of it and I – I believe that at some point he will have some sort of a breakthrough where he, you know, makes something that he really likes, or makes something that he realizes that oh, you know what, I am actually kind of good at this, or at this one part of it, mm-hmm. and he will find that. And so, you know, I hope so. Don't, I hope so. Don't, don't knock yourself down because, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> because there's plenty there's of other jerks out there who want I, to do
1: it. I was going to say there's there's plenty of jerks out there to do it for you for
0: free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think I think we should probably land this. Yep. Yep. Happy anniversary, Jeff. Happy anniversary. That's right. 1 year. Folks, My if, god. I, how is it that we've been talking I've already already forgotten that we've been we, doing this for We've been talking long enough you forgot it was yeah. a year. <laughs> we've been talking for an entire year. This episode has gone on for We forgot to hit to stop recording, so anyway. Yeah. Lead us out here. Where can we find Lead us ourselves? Out.
1: You can find all of our episodes from the past year on photocombobulate.com. And each episode has its own show notes page with lots of extra information, links to photos. We do a video version of each of these. So if you want to see what we look like as we gesticulate, um, it <laughs> might be worth your while to head over to YouTube and check that out. We have a link to those videos on our each of those shows' pages on our website. You can also find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram and all those places under photocombobulate. We're the only photocombobulate out there, so please yes. find us. And subscribe, please. Uh, whatever podcast app you use, we would love it if you'd subscribe, and we'd really appreciate it. Now that we've been at this year, it'd be great if we could get some reviews coming in. Mm-hmm. So please write a review of the show. Yeah. Stay in touch. You can always reach us through photocombobulate.com. There's a contact us page. If you've got an idea for an episode, we'd love to hear it. If you've got questions you'd like us to answer, we'll do our best.
0: All right. And so
1: photocombobulate.com.
0: And also linked there are our personal Instagram accounts, various ways that you can also reach us on Twitter and Instagram, like DM us a message. Uh, we'd love, <laughs> we love answering questions and get in touch. Tell your friends. Subscribe. And find some joy out there. It's there. It's, yes. right. it's out there. It's, it's, it's out, right there, out there, man. It's like <laughs> right out there. It's just right out there. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye.